you know, one thing I want to ask you is that you didn't seem to have any conflict with anybody per se. Was that just your personality is, is to avoid? Because I don't know, sometimes I see you can be confrontational and sometimes not. So I was curious if it was sort of a strategy or was it uh, just you being you? One of the things that I live by is I live and understand that we are all created by energy and we are given a certain amount of energy and I choose what I put my energy into. It's a limited amount, so I need to be very specific about what choices I put my energy into. And negative things don't deserve my energy. So if someone is playing bullshit with me, I tend to let it go because it's not worth it, but when it's put at a, either like a high platform or really stupid and ignorant, that's when I can't shut up about it because I love to put ignorant ass people in their place. And no one came for me because they didn't have a reason to. Well, the king has certainly spoken. Uh, very, very wise words coming from, in my opinion, the future crowned king of Dragula season three. I, I, I think that this little speech that Landon gives about energy and where where she he puts it is very pertinent right now for leaders in our community to remember uh, and to remind fans and people of you know liberal and progressive persuasion um, especially uh, where we put our energy is very important I think Landon is being kind of the ultimate adult in the room and I'm uh, I'm thrilled that a lesbian, in terms of the drag competition reality genre, is the ultimate adult in the room. Where, you know, he does not get involved in drama, is not starting fights with people, is being supportive, is being, you know, is being focused. You know, I think uh, there's so much about Landon this season, I think, really exemplifies what that means, where um, you just. Yeah, you just are mature about how you use your energy. And it completely shows because for as little drama and as little energy as Landon put towards the reality TV side of things, all of that went into the competition side of things. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that at the end of the day, you have to win the competition. Mm -hmm. uh, and to have all these bells and whistles that will distract you know, from the competition maybe aren't that helpful. Obviously, you can do both, right? There, it is possible to do the balancing act. I think Bianca Del Rio uh, ex exuded that balance perfectly on season six, where she was involved in the drama. She was very outspoken in the workroom and yet also you know, shined in all of the challenges. Um, I think Tyra Sanchez is another example of that, right? Um, besides of an adult the, in the room? No, no, of someone oh. that can balance being on the reality and the competition side. Uh, well, sure. also, she also had immunities, right? Yeah, that helped. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we, and we kind of hear this, I think Priscilla is sort of an example of this, and I could see this certainly if I were in the situation where you get into this this scenario, which as they talk about really in this reunion is designed to drive you crazy. It's designed to push yeah. you to the brink. And, and so all of that kind of desperation and all of that acting out kind of happens um, before you realize it's happening in some ways. And I think for Landon to be in this pressure cooker and to not succumb to the pressure, I think is like really remarkable when you think about like what emotionally they're putting them through. Oh, completely. It just goes to show that having that clear head 
going into the competition is your biggest weapon. It's your biggest asset. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I do think that she had a very strong sense of who she was and, and who he is and, and what what's going to happen when they get to that competition. And I, I'm, and obviously the, all the confidence in the world and I, yeah, I, it's a great model. It's a great model for many of us to have right now, especially when it's so tempting to tear each other down when there are much bigger monsters out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Landon Sider is a male role model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know oh, I, mean? I love it, Mary. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and obviously. Always a lesbian, right? Always. Always. I mean, I just, I guess there is that thing of like white gay men and lesbians not connecting or getting along. I We've talked about this in the past. The most, the only party where I know I'm going to have a great time is a lesbian party. Oh, Mary, I only feel seen and heard when I go to lesbian bars. Yeah. Yeah. I when I go to the gay bar I find the lesbians and I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. I just I feel I just it's it's like a it's a version of being gay or it's an interpretation of being gay and it's an experience of queer culture that I'm like, oh, this just feels like I feel comfortable with this. I feel um I'd like to be included with this in some way versus like wanting to sit with like the pretty gays at brunch. You know? Right. Right. And uh, you know, there's many messages for us, you know, we're queer white cis men. Um, there's many messages for people like us in gay media now of how to act. Right. I look at a show, a, a trash fire of a show like the A-list um, mm. or, or uh, you know, that fire Island spinoff reality show. Um, oh, the, the dating show, the, uh, no. Oh, oh, um, I think it was just like Fire Island, right? It yeah. Was just like the I, gaze of Fire Island or something like that. But, yeah, I um, remember that. Yeah. I, there are other queer icons that gay men can aspire to be like, just because we don't look like them or have the same parts as them or whatever, doesn't mean that we can't, you know, aspire to be like them. And I feel like there are, there are, there were lesbians in my life early on that affected me and many many times it were it was my friends most of my friends growing up were my lesbian friends uh and then you know obviously it was easier to be out and a lesbian early on than it was you know a bitchy gay uh early on you mm -hmm. know what i mean sure. oh totally in terms of like because it it goes back to like well if you're an out lesbian there's sometimes or at least implied or assumed a more masculine energy right and all of this goes back to misogyny so if you're reading right. as more masculine than feminine that's still better than right. you and, know and, and and as dan savage says like the mystique of lesbian sex uh, not only is it fetishized by straight men and you know culture in that sense but when you th when somebody who's homophobic hears gay men they think butt sex they're like oh yeah butt sex disgusting Right? They go they right to butt sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, girl, if there was that much poop and butt sex, do you think we'd all still be having that much of it? Like, <laughs> if it was that messy and disgusting as you imagine, do you think we'd all be that ravenous for it? Do you think rimming would really be so popular if it was such a shitty situation? Like, oh, God. Well, you know, and it's so interesting, like, like we're pretending like butt sex doesn't even happen in the in the straight community. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. Right. I mean, my I, cat I, is vomiting right now over this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I 
I love, and and maybe I'm sure there's some additional reasons too, but I love that there's like straight men who are like, ooh, prostate play feels good. Ooh, put your finger in there. And like maybe some of that is just hot to me, but it's also like, yeah, girl, like you haven't checked, like you're only going to like a few aisles of the supermarket. You have not found like the frozen food section. You know right. what I mean? Like, and, and, and like you p- don't even know yeah. where the hot pocket is. You know what I'm saying, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> and to bring it back to, you know, gays and, or cis white gays and their choices of queer queerness and lifestyle, right? Like, yeah, you have to look, you can look through all of the aisles. You don't just have to stay in the chip aisle. You can go to multiple, you can go to the grains aisle. You can go to the paper towel aisle. There's lots of different ways to be in the world. And I love Landon, um, not because she is a woman and a drag king. And I think we need a drag king winner. It's less about tokenizing her or him, um, but more about this is a great example of a leader, uh, mm-hmm. Of someone who is doing impeccable work and has entered the competition with a very specific way of being in the world. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that, yeah, there's there's something about and it's funny, like all season we've kind of, you know, more so referred to Landon as she than he, whereas so many more of these performers, you know, who we see out of drag as much, we still refer to as she. And I've been thinking about that and thinking about like, what yeah. is that? And I There's probably a couple of reasons, but one of them that I think ties back to sort of how much I'm appreciating Landon, how much I, you know, appreciate so many of the lesbians that I've met um, is is really like or what it really comes down to is just that, like, in my life, I've always felt more comfortable with women. I've always felt more comfortable around women. I've always felt safer around them. Mm -hmm. I see them. I feel like there's something about their experience that I get. And that I identify with and I feel like I can be myself with them. It's been always the case. Always. The girls in sixth grade were the ones who were my friends when the boys started calling me a faggot. So The female bosses are better than the male bosses. Yeah. It's throughout my whole life. Uh, And, you know, obviously it comes down to our daddy issues. Uh, Of course. Thank you, Mary. We beat you to the punch. Um, Yeah. Yes, we know. We know why. (laughs) Yeah, we know. Like, trust me. So so do my last few therapists. Like... (laughs) And they didn't tell you until you paid over $1,000. Exactly. Um, like once the boat was paid for, it was like, you know, maybe it's your father. It was like, <laughs> Eureka! <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, so Eilish, I think, duh. yeah. <laughs> duh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that like that's the other part of it is like, especially like going back to that whole lesbian thing is like, well, of course I'm going to be more drawn to the women in the queer community or the people who are giving me a a stronger feminine energy because I've always gravitated to that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the lesbians during the AIDS crisis in the eighties and nineties, the, what they did for gay men, there's always been this sense of, they were the ones that took care. They were the Mm -hmm. ones that, that saw what, queer identity needed to be and always pushed forward. And then the gay men were the ones that got photographed doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, sure. It's an interesting idea of like during the AIDS crisis, we think, Oh, the gay community was, was, you know, dying and very much a a large, you know, part of it was, but then I think I've always been curious about like the lesbian community during the AIDS crisis. They were very, very, they had to support, they had to Mm -hmm. get the community together. They had to, uh, I always think of, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but I always think of 
the beginning of Frozen. Uh, I know you haven't seen it, but uh, there's this song called "Do You Want to Build a Snowman?" And oh, I, mean, it, I know that much. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I listen to that song, I think of uh, the allies or the lesbians knocking on the door of the sick gay man in the '80s and being like, "Yo, people are asking where you are. Wake up! We, you can, you can." fight this we need to fight this together we i we have to do this together we, i cannot be alone right now i need you come out come out and and you know uh anna being the representative of that and so i that's kind of how i always saw the lesbian community in the the 80s and 90s as those people that were pulling people out of their homes out of their depression to fight because we needed that motivation. We needed that energy. Mm. I wonder if we have any, I mean, we have Marys of all ages and, and identities. I wonder if we have any Marys who um, have any firsthand experience, any lesbian Marys perhaps, or, or mm. know people. I, you know, mm. it's like reach out to the, this huge community that we're talking to and be like, what's your, what's your, what's your experience of that? Yeah, um, I mean, I know that that gay men are consistently slapping lesbians in the face, right? Because we're always taking center stage. We're always, you know, dominating the queer economy. Like, there's just so many problems with it. Like, misogyny will continue, and that's also a big problem uh, with the, the 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 gayness versus the lesbians. Yeah, I uh, we don't have to tangent too far into it, but I just saw that play, The Inheritance. Oh God. Um, okay. And I saw both Act One and Two like back to back. It was like a day long thing. Um, and it's you know I have a lot of thoughts. Maybe we'll talk about it like the Only Marys episode. But you know there's there's one woman in it, and she comes in at like hour six and a half, um, and she she's like <laughs> someone's mother, you know. So like there's there's no women. There's no women in this narrative, and I feel like you you could have. You could have, right. and I don't. And I, to me, I just don't understand. Like to like my version of a gay narrative always includes women, like always. Like, and I just it's so strange to me that that would be completely excluded. Um, and and not a woman who's like an outsider who's like peering through the window of like, what are these boys doing? Right. But like, like Angels in America, I feel like the yeah. two women in that play are you know are these outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. More often than not, and not in my life, the women in my life get it. Like this isn't like this mystifying thing. It it's it's not this weird gay thing. Like they get it in the same way I get their lives. You yeah. know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for especially for queer women dealing with intersectionality, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, where I feel like gay cis white men don't deal with that. Right. We only have that one problem, which is who we want to fuck and love. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So it's just very it's all very interesting. We are tangenting the fuck out of this because we of are. Landon's beautiful speech. Uh, so that's oh God. But um, this episode is something of a postmortem. I think you called it um, mm -hmm. about about. The whole season. We'll talk about the reunion. Uh, but before we talk about the reunion, um, why don't we tell our Marys what they are listening to? Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Scary. Uh, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Dragula, the underworld of Dragula, and the nightmare the Boulay brothers have created with this ooky spooky TV show. I'm Johnny, and it's so funny that you have absolutely no receipts. Uh, yeah. And I'm Colin, and I got the pumpkin. I got it. I got the pumpkin, you guys. 
Um, I mean, and I'm saying this because I'm looking at the list of quotes I've written down from the sure. season that I've enjoyed. I think the more obvious one would be, I'm Colin and I've got spiders all over my tits. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had them crawl all over my tits, but <laughs> it feels good. It's sad. I mean, obviously that will carry over, but you know, seeing hollow again it was that reminder and i can't really call her the meme queen but like the meme being of the season oh yeah the meme being for sure i think when i was compiling quotes i was like oh they really did this like they fucking sold it so yeah, yeah. i mean hollow is just i i, I inspe- <laughs> yeah yeah, filled exactly. Not yeah. I mean, I have the entire the speech. The the my same. name is Hollow Eve yes, of same. Destruction. I wrote it. I wrote it all down. Yeah, yeah. and so it's like, ah, uh, reading that it's like this is this is great. This is drag. You know, to go back and to think of questioning. Oh, can, does Hollow represent what you know the, all the iterations of drag? I was like, Hollow was the most drag. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, there was. So much to Hollow being on the show that was important and monumental. And they did well on the show, you know, to, to iconographize, like, who they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just think, like, in retrospect, I realized that Hollow pushed some buttons and rubbed some people the wrong way. And that's her goal. Um, but it's like, I, I'm certainly not going to forget her and I'm going to keep talking about her and referencing her. Whereas like there's so many other Queens we've talked about so many Queens on this podcast and you know, not everyone can be Gia gun. Not everyone can be quoted repeatedly, you know, or hollow Eve, you know? Right. I think hollow Eve will be quoted just as much as Maddie. Um, I, you know, I I, I really appreciated the kind of tribute they gave to hollow Eve where they were just kind of showing all of the receipts of them being on the show. I, there's a, a nuance about Hollow that I wanted to share, and this is slightly controversial because I don't think that you're really supposed to talk about their real names um, or you know any drag performer's real names, but Colin, I just think you would fall in love with what Hollow's real name is. Do you know it? No, Sakatumi. Caitlin Crandall. Oh, I did know that. No, I did. And there's something about that. Maybe oh, I because love that name. I, I have that name. I have kind of like a butch lesbian cousin named Caitlin. And so to me, like a like a husky, like a woman yeah. named Caitlin. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm Caitlin Crandall, you yeah. know? Yeah. In a Nick, Volvo. Nick, yeah, yeah, in a Volvo, <laughs> right? Because their last name was Crandall. Um, yeah. I you know, I feel like Hollow could be Mr. Crandall. Ms. Yeah. Crandall or Mix Crandall. Like, it, it totally works for me. The last name Crandall. It's like, yes. Crandall. I know. I just, I want, I want a drag performer whose last name is Crandall. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I want to be Yankee Crandall. So. <laughs> God. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was thinking more, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it depends. Like suburban drag. If I was doing like suburban drag, and Sue, I was like Sue Crandall, Sue yeah. Crandall, and then like her daughter Megan Crandall, yeah. you know? Karen, Karen Crandall, the Karen, yeah, yeah, Karen Crandall. Oh yeah, Karen Crandall. Because <laughs> um, Caitlin Crandall, yeah, <laughs> Karen Crandall. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. Anyway, yeah. Hollow. I I love the tribute. I love seeing Hollow back on the show. There was an. A crazy aspect to watching this reunion, which was whenever they showed a shot of Landon, you saw that Hollow was holding a locked and loaded syringe. 
Yeah, I uh, I noticed, and I know someone tweeted us about that. I was like, I, honestly, I only watched the reunion once, and oh, I was okay. like, okay, well, um, <laughs> it's like when you try a new restaurant, and you're like, well, that was fine, but I have no real reason to go back. Yeah, you know, I missed the the drag of the Last Supper that they've done the past two seasons, where they like bring them back from the dead, and they kind of tie up the whole like they were all killed kind of thing. Um, yeah. It it did seem more like you know a RuPaul's Drag Race reunion. I thought it was fine. I thought that uh, it was a, certainly an example of kind media. All these performers are fine, and they're here, and they're all friends, and it everything's okay. I love that. Uh, and each each performer got a moment to be celebrated. Even Saint Lucia, uh, you know, talking about her tattoos and even Violencia getting a moment to kind of be like, yeah, I regret it, you know. Yeah, it it, it was an opportunity to kind of you know, I don't want to say uh not what's not revitalize or kind of like save face, but I think when you compare it to say like a drag race reunion where it's like um Sometimes I feel like, you know, when they talk to the first two or three out, this there's this sense of like, well, here's what you here's the lesson you learned of what you need to do better next time. You mm-hmm. know, like there's I think this this correlation between the queens who go home first and being a good drag queen. I mean, I know that the whole thesis this season was we're not judging your drag, we're judging it in relation to the challenge, but I think that like and I've even fallen into that like oh the people who go home second or third they're just riffraff and it's like well not necessarily it's just like that's the challenge they fucked up on you know somebody Um, has to go home yeah yeah and I I I think think during the reunion I think Swan even said it like we don't cast the show you know thinking when you're gonna go off right right exactly and I think that like you know there's that idea for example of having some kind of season of drag race where like early out queens come back to kind of prove who they are. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I love that notion because I think, yeah, there's a queen, there's queens who've gone home second who are amazing, but maybe they don't sing or they don't sew or they don't yep. dance, you know? Yep. Right. Right. I mean, RuPaul doesn't sew, does she? Mm, uh, I don't think so. I mean, she certainly doesn't do her own makeup and hair. Right. So it's like, yeah. Why or not dress give herself. A, yeah, yeah. Why not give them a second chance to iconicize themselves? But um, yeah, I, you know, the reunion for me, I was like, there was one moment that I was like, ooh, that was shady with um, Dahlia and Maxie. While Dahlia was speaking, uh, Maxie, uh, they were like, Dahlia, what stands between you and the crown? And she's like, me. And then Maxie goes, and Landon. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and Landon. Well, it's funny because they highlighted that, what, in the first episode of Maxie saying something under her breath about mm. what, under their breath about what Land- Dahlia was saying. Right, right, right. Oh, their breath. Yeah, that's interesting also about Maxie that I noticed in the reunion is uh, everybody kept misgendering them. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they, it was always she. And mm. I, I found that interesting just not not something that like I got upset about, but it was like, wow, uh, what a missed kind of detail or a missed opportunity to kind of be like, hey, yeah. Um, so who knows? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's an interesting, um, interesting kind of perspective of like in these situations. Like I think, I think certainly he, because we know there's a lot of people listening. I think we try to be mindful of of saying the right thing, and we correct ourselves because people are listening, and there's a sense of accountability, um, and whatever. Like also not wanting to get called out, and to be totally honest, right? Um, 
you know, because that's sort of sort of a shaming energy of that sometimes. But um, I feel like in these situations where it's so endemic, right, where like they're just kind of there. I would feel like in that it's like there's almost an assumed sense of like, oh, what's your gender pronouns? Like it's an assumed part of identity in that yeah. circle, I would think, you know. Right, right. You know, it's interesting. Abora commented on some boule post or whatever celebrating the reunion and abor was like how about you know a show where we get people's pronouns correct i was like "Oof, all right abora Um, yeah spoken like a true queen right um i so i was i was just a little surprised at it uh and i know that maxi is very passionate about uh, their non-binary um, identity and and promoting it. So I guess in that moment, yeah, what do you do? Do you stop? Do you say something? Or do you just let it go and tell them later? Um, it, it, it's hard for folks to navigate. Uh, and I mean folks meaning non-binary folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, do you make, do you stop everything and make a moment? Do you, do you not? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think that like to that point, I I don't think that they that they really dug into what I think were like the real issues. Like I wish they dug in deeper about hollow and like how she couldn't do her yeah. look. Like I wish yeah. they just like talked about it right. and didn't have this veiled thing of these like safe conversations of, you know, well, you know, what have you learned about adjust, you know, mm. or was it challenging to fit your drag into these restrictions? Right. It's like that kind of tiptoeing feels so like, it's like, really? I, th- I thought you were Dragula. I thought you were like, oh, you know, we're pushing boundaries and we're freaking people out. It's like, well, if you can show someone carrying around a stillborn calf and you can show people eating, you know, raw, you know, animal organs and all this other bullshit and putting needles in their bodies and, and all that, like, why can't you show people having like a real conversation? Yeah, it's it, it, in that sense, the reunion did feel kind of very um, squeaky clean. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that was kind of the problem. Like, it just felt squeaky clean. I felt like they were less about letting the con- – like, maybe it was just that there was no conflict. Like, there, there was so much, yeah. There was so much conflict in season two, and there were all these, like, little, you know, uh, I don't know, issues between people. And I think by season three, like, what we saw is, like, they were so much more of a family. And even the biggest conflict of, like, Dahlia and Priscilla, it was, like – Priscilla could step back and go, okay, well, I mean, I just like this competition drove me crazy and I started saying some crazy shit and everybody was like, okay, yeah, that happens. Um, yeah, yeah, they understood. You know, I, I, I found it interesting that the editors did keep showing kind of shady shots. They, they showed Eva kind of always looking angry. <clears throat> they showed oh, yeah. Dahlia kind of uh, looking kind of over it when Landon was speaking or when Priscilla was speaking or uh, when Maddie was speaking. Like, there was a, a lot of shots of Dahlia. They were doing what they could to create tension that nobody was feeling watching it. You know what I mean? Right, exactly, exactly. So I was like, I felt like they were trying to produce something that just, like, wasn't there. And I thought, well, then then stop trying to have the, the real housewives of the boudoir, you know, reunion. You know what I mean? Like, just let it be a real thing and just have real conversations, you know? Yeah, it's hard to do that on a reunion. I uh, I, I feel like with that many people in the room also, right? Because you also want to be respectful. You're also very aware of the fandom. Uh, I feel like they had just seen this footage for the first time when they filmed this reunion. I don't think this reunion was filmed recently. I think it was filmed 
very close to shooting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I always wonder about that is how far away have they actually seen the show? Doubtful, you know? No, like, no, they saw um, clips uh, yeah. that they showed them at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like Yavska got to see and everybody got to see actually how shady she was when she called Maxi an avatar, you know, like. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I always wonder, is, are these the fresh reactions? Yeah. I think they were. Um, yeah. But anyway, I I don't have many thoughts about the reunion per se. I, uh, You know, our postmortem, I think we were going to talk about the whole uh, series up to this point, unless you have other thoughts on the reunion before we move on to another segment. No, I think that we've, we've said everything. I'm happy to see Priscilla is Louisiana's drag daughter. Priscilla has been purchased, um, so that was nice. <laughs> Uh, but that's pretty much, you know, uh, that's the sum total. And I can't wait to see Landon win next week. Oh, there you go, Mary. You know, maybe Priscilla will, will take it. You never know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be shocked, be shocked. purely yeah. because Landon yeah. is just so good. Yeah. No, uh, she's going to land in top, right? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. land in the top. Yeah. Uh, so let's take just a quick little break here, uh, for, uh, public service announcement and then we'll come right back with a a fun little segment big news mary all right mary has officially joined tasteofreality.com's dysfunctional family of reality tv obsessors in case you haven't heard of it taste of reality is the number one place to find filming locations gossip and swag from your favorite tv shows like real housewives the kardashians and now podcasts Now that we're on the network, you can check out our show page at tasteofreality.com backslash allright dash Mary. That's right, tasteofreality.com backslash allright dash Mary. You find all of our latest episodes and new merch. Actually, make sure to tune in next week because we're going to be doing a giveaway of some sweet stuff from the store. Again, the link is tasteofreality.com backslash allright-mary. We're also still www.allrightmary.com. Uh, all of this is going to be in the description, Mary. So check it out to find all things All Right Mary. 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 Lisa. <laughs> All right, Marys. For our OG Marys that are still listening three and a half years later, thank you. You might remember this next segment from our olden days of All Right, Mary. I thought I'd bring it back for this episode because we've never really done a drag Dragula trivia. Uh, so I thought I'd spring some trivia questions on Colin, if that's okay, Mr. Colin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, let the, let's let's have some trivia crawl questions crawling all over my tits. Yeah. <laughs> I have a ponchon for surprise trivia. <laughs> uh, if you stay ready and got to get ready, right, man? Yeah, life story. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, question number one. Which cast member was in the bottom the most number of times? Madeline Hatter. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I got added. Um, Do you want to try again? Uh, sure. Which cast member was in the bottom? Oh, was it? It wasn't Madeline Hatter. Was it like? Wait, which? Wait, of this season or ever? 
Ugh, this season, Mary. Oh, this season? This season, who was in the bottom the most times? Who was in the bottom the most times? It's not a trick question. Was it... No. Was it... It wasn't Madeline. It's Priscilla. It was Priscilla. I was thinking, was it Priscilla? Because she went further and... Exactly, I mean, yep. All right, yeah. Madeline yeah. was in so many exterminations. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. She was in the bottom the most number of times, Priscilla. Uh, which cast member is the only cast member to win two challenges back to back? Bonus, e- if, if you know what those uh, challenges are. Eva Destruction. And I know one of them was the Dungeons and Dragons challenge. And the one before that was the Rocker challenge. Ding, 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 ding. There we Shut go. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to the House of Whores. I love it. I love House of Whores. Um, all right. Question number three. Which cast member won the most number of challenges? Landon Cider. Very good. Question number four. Which challenge was Landon's only low-scoring week? Oh, I feel like that was the... It wasn't the... No, I think it may have been... It was kind of the Dungeons & Dragons one, but I feel like it was actually the... The... And, you know, honestly, let me tell you what. I have the Wikipedia tab open. I could have cheated, and I didn't. Thank you, Mary. It was the recycling challenge when, uh, <gasps> oh, when he, was, he was the mermaid or the mermaid. Right. Oh, yeah. right, right, Poseidon. right, right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next question, please. What were the names of the bands in Monsters of Rock? Uh, Coven with a K. <clears throat> and I think the other one was Slag. Very good. Slag, very appropriate for Drag Race UK. Yeah, I was like, I I can't remember. Yeah. All right. I got two more questions. Uh, Both of them are pretty hard. Um, Okay. Can can you sing that sentence to the tune of Two Tickets to Paradise? Yes. (laughs) Which challenge was... (laughs) But you're not going to. No, of course not. Which challenge was Vander Von Odd a guest judge? Vander Von Odd was a guest on the Freak Show Challenge. Very good. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Sorry. <laughs> what is? That's from Black Swan, Barbara Hershey. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Shut your mouth. I fucked oh. them both. Shut your yeah. mouth. Um, all right. Last question. Our Marys, please play along. See if you can get it faster than Colin. Name all of the eliminated queens from start of the season to the reunion. All right. All right. I am not going to cheat. Violencia refused to jump out of an airplane. St. Lucia got stabbed to death or something. Uh, Yavska, she got like a guitar in her head. Um... Maxi Glamour got beheaded, uh, and then, um, oh my god, Maxi Glamour, 
after Mexico Glamour was. Oh, Hollow Eve. Hollow Eve got uh, suffocated. Um, Madeline Hatter got her head popped off. Um, and then the top five. Oh, no, then top four. Right. No, uh, it's top five. Five, top five, because then, um, uh, then they finally sent home uh, to top five, and then in the top five, it was Eva. Eva Destruction went home. Eva, and then, uh, unfortunately, Louisiana got the pumpkin and the boot, and now we're up to the top three, and then Landon won. <laughs> Did I get it? Ding, 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 Oh, my ding. God. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, good job, Colin. Uh, Marys, if you beat Colin um, in that challenge and that trivia question, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we um, want to know how much better you are than he is. So, uh, yeah. Good luck. I hear crickets in the distance. <laughs> anyway, that ends our trivia segment. Thanks for playing along uh, and, you know, indulging our nostalgia. Um, we have some superlatives uh, to go through. Uh, where do you want to start, Mary? Well, I think we should start real basic of what was your favorite challenge? Oh, favorite challenge. This one, well, this one was hard for me. You know what? I got to think about the episode as a whole, uh, and it's a big hole. Mm. Uh, I, I think my favorite challenge was the Haunted Hospital because all the looks I felt were just really great. But if I were to pick like the best you know, overall episode, it was Dungeons and Drag Queens because there was comedy. You had Louise doing the Katia split. Uh, you had <clears throat> the the acting. You had the talk of sobriety with Madeline and Dahlia. Um, and it was just a, a cool challenge. You had Eva Destruction as that lizard. Uh, Priscilla was hilarious. I just thought this was a great challenge overall. And then obviously Madeline Hatter's iconic are you fucking kidding me? Kidding me? Kidding me? Um, I also really enjoyed the operating theory, the haunted hospital, because the looks were so great. I mean, I think, you know, spoiler alert, one of my favorite looks was Louisiana Ch Purchase's Candy Stripper, mm. Candy Striper. Yes. Um, I uh, I also really love the Don't Suck Vampire Challenge. Just, I think, again, oh, the it's burlesque just like, vampire, yeah. Yeah, I think some of those looks were just so good. Landon, I think, was just so incredible. Um, yeah. I wrote down that as like a third. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like those two I enjoyed the most from like a floor show basis, you know? Oh, the floor show. Oh, floor shows. Floor I'm going to miss show. the floor shows. Floor shows. I mean, yeah, I know. Like, when, we're not going to have a floor show for a while. Oh, God. Oh. Um, so uh, I think the next kind of superlative, uh, your favorite look, best look. For me, what I did, just because I am who I am, um, it was hard for me to pick one, so I just picked the best of each cast member with one kind of big favorite. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that your favorite look was also my favorite look, um, which was Landon's Wolf Daddy. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. completely. That look was so detailed, surprising, sexual, funny, uh, you know, not not to discount Miss Geist, not to discount the her uh, the, his vampire look uh, with the drinking of the you know the blood, the mariachi. I that was brilliant. Um, but the werewolf look, I, it was 
Oh God, it, that I will always remember. I will always remember that one. Yeah, I mean, I thought I feel like you know, for me in terms of like favorite looks, it really kind of just came down came down to Landon and Louise. Like, oh sure, Landon's Wolf Daddy and Landon's Rocker look. I mean, that was also oh really, that was great too, really incredible. And equally, Louise's good bad drag rocker look. I I just I love mm. be, because it gave us or inspired the good bad drag comment. You know, sure. Oh, there you um, go, Mary. Yeah, yeah. I like and that. of course like her that. hospital look. I, that that nurse. I just love that. It was just so interesting. I really appreciated Louise's saran wrap neon look from the recycling mm-hmm. challenge. I thought that was great. That also paired well with one of my favorite quotes from the season. Um, but if I were to pick uh, Eva's. Favorite look, uh, I thought it was Dungeons and Drag Queens for sure. Um, and Hollow Eve, the, the her excuse me, their her uh, his burlesque vampire look also I thought was uh, f- fantastic. Oh yeah, and that like haunted diaper, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. I thought that was great uh, with you know the crawling out of a grave. Um, I'm crawling out of the grave. I'm <laughs> licking my own blood. It's pouring down my face like spiders all over my tits. <laughs> um, and I got to say, Maxi, Maxi's reunion look was by far the most memorable out of Maxi's. Oh, yeah. They really, that's their drag. Like this beautiful blue goddess or blue yeah. god, god X. Yeah, yeah, I thought Maxi it was kind of like proof that Maxi can, you know, do fully realized looks. Yeah. And I was I was happy to see that. They all look pretty great at the reunion, but um me uh St. Lucia was kind of all lost back there, so I didn't really get to see the whole look. I, yeah, I mean, typical. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Hey Saint, uh, hey, hey Saint, Saint, hey Saint, hey Saint, hey Saint, hey Saint, hey Saint you back there? What's the um, what's the gem? The <laughs> you put a gem on your chest, which is a beautiful oh yeah, gem. <laughs> a beautiful you put a gem on your chest, a beautiful gem, but <laughs> a, a gem. gem, yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful mm, gem. I'd like to see that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Madeline Hatter, the Madeline Hatter mm. chin. <laughs> mm. I'd like to see that. Oh, I mean, it's iconic. a little Donald Trump, you know. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, those are some favorite looks. Uh, you know, obviously uh, there were there was some really great looks, but uh, those were my favorites. Those were the the standouts. Um, let's move to our favorite. I think the longest segment is going to be our favorite quotes of the season. Yes, I mean that probably syncs up a little bit with like my favorite reality TV moments. But I mm. think yeah, quotes. I mean, obviously, yeah. You know, I would have I would have let them crawl all over my tits <laughs> is top of the list um, <sighs> because of the joy of it. Um, yes, yes. And and you know, are you fucking kidding me? Kidding, kidding me? I mean, the three echoes are necessary. Oh, completely, uh, completely. I, and for me, like, fuck the big picture. Clint is iconic for reality TV moment. But the quote for me is, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, right. Like, I realize what the, what's printed on the T-shirt, but I'm, you know, I'm a lot more interested in, yeah, the other quotes, the Jocelyn Fox of that monologue, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is going to fucking destroy me. This yeah. is going to destroy my career. The career. I told you not to humiliate me. <laughs> I mean, like, the divaness of that all, you know? I told you. Um, I told you. The, what did it's I tell crystal. you? It's crystal. I told you. I saw you. <laughs> I saw you flirting with Jimmy Goosey. <laughs> we 
figured it out. It's a we figured it out. Candy. That's that was yeah. a problem we had in our recent Drag Race UK episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I also loved. I mean, real. I, I guess any time Landon talked about his Dremel, you know. Oh, the Dremel. Uh, anytime any reference Dremel, to the Dremel. Yeah. The Dremel. I didn't um, have any quotes from uh, Landon. I did have. Uh, I think. I think we have to mention probably the biggest one that represents the season um, in a not funny way is we are not here to judge your drag. Drag is art and art is subjective. I just think yeah. that, that quote is important to include in, in any list that's made. Um, uh, the, the, the queen that had the least amount of quotes besides Landon, uh, but are fantastic is Dahlia Priscilla girl, please stretch before you reach. Yeah. Quote. That was great. I, um, just like in general, maybe this is more of reality TV moments, but I just really appreciated how Dahlia navigated that conflict. And I was just like mm. kind of, I mean, again, I had moments of like, is she, am I falling for like a sociopath's moves here or is she right? And I think she's right. So yeah, yeah um, she was right. Yeah. I think it, I remember saying this about her with, I think when she was talking to Madeline and she's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And I was like, I don't think she has like the emotional, like, you know, intelligence to navigate what she's saying. And I take that all back. I feel like she actually does. I feel like she's got a lot of emotional intelligence. And, I agree. Um, it's very surprising for her age that how, where she like learned all this. But um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is sort of another category of like the biggest surprises this season is um, I was surprised at how much she was not a child in the room. Yeah, she was a true competitor, a true person that was interacting in a very authentic way in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, um, I appreciated that about her. Um, Maddie, obviously, that was, you know, uh, that was her moment, her reality moment and her quote moments we talked about. Um, and then you had Hollow Eve just like, just I, w I had a plethora of things written down about Hollow Eve's quotes. So now, do you want to do you want to trade back and forth? I mean, it's one. I'm hoping I got this one right, where she says, "I know that I'm loud, and when I get angry, I sound like your mother." Is it angry <laughs> when I sound like your mother? No, it's I know I'm loud, and I know I have a lot of opinions, and I know when I get passionate and talk loud, I sound like your fucking mother. That's but sometimes one, yeah. women, when they talk passionately, should just be listened to. It's like, oh God. Write the gospel of hollow, right? <laughs> right. The, the whole idea of I sound like your mother, like that implication, I just think is really genius. Yeah. Um, agree. <laughs> you know, and I like I love when she's like, you know, I don't care about fucking TV. I'm here to whip my tits out in every fucking white man gay bar in this goddamn world. Oh, brilliant. I mean, I just <laughs> whip my tits out in every white man gay bar. Yes. I, it's kind of like what white is it? man gay yeah. bar. Vodka soda bottoms down or whatever it is. <laughs> White bottoms man up, gay vodka soda. Yeah. Vod bottoms up vodka soda. White uh, man I just gay want bar. Eve. Yeah, I want Hollow Eve to have gigs all over that fucking bar for right. sure. Yeah. Oh, what? talk about a nightmare. Oh my right? god. Right. Hollow Eve coming up the stairs at the Ritz. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh. god, they those those. Those gay, gay little, little gay boys, uh, they wouldn't know what hit them. They yeah. wouldn't know what hit them yeah, if, that, was... if that monster walked up the stairs. Uh, um, I also. Yes, queen. <laughs> God, she would just slap the fish out of them. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I know. I know, right? Oh, my God. She'd slap the vodka soda right out of those bottoms up. <laughs> 
I just uh, I love. Um, I'm not used to being subjected to glamour, but here we are in Dragula, and I'm expanding my horizons, mm-hmm. and I'm perpetuating glamour all over my filth <laughs> and my tits. Oh, Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin, <laughs> so good, Caitlin. Um, I also loved. Uh, I'm I'm having a moment. That's like a reality TV moment, right? When uh, the 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 needles came out too soon and she had oh, that moment. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm having a moment. Yeah, yeah. that was uh I mean that was great. I also just this is just a note cuz she wore similar hair in that challenge and this reunion. I love that like flipped over the front spiky rocker hair look mm. that she does. It's so like ugh. It just it just works really well yeah. um as an illusion. But uh yeah, I think do I have any others from her? I think I have I have uh, just I, I have to talk about these because um, we talked about uh, crawling over my tits. Um, but what she says to Jovska, uh, this is a competition. It's a competition. But remember, what is art? It's not a competition. Mm-hmm. I love that. I just, I, you know, talk about, you know, you know, Aunt Hollow or uh, Uncle Hollow coming into the room and being like, yo, just remember this. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of like, yeah, favorite reality TV moments. I mean, that one was just yeah, really because you also had a quote from Louise, which we'll talk about later. The other one that I think is iconic uh, and we have to talk about. I am queer and I have a story and this is a fucking stage mm-hmm. and I'm going to love my leg. Yeah, I'm going to love my leg. Exactly. Um, I'm a fucking nightmare for all platforms. I, I mean, Hollow made a mark. It's mm-hmm. a sludgy slimy gross beautiful mark you know yeah she just left her shit stain on this competition <laughs> and i'm left sorry her, left her period blood everywhere yeah you know? right i mean it's that's kind of what she's here to do so. oh god <laughs> i saw i saw this great meme on twitter i i've really been enjoying twitter lately but this great meme and it was uh uh my clothes my clo- what my clothes say uh, after I have my or after I have my period or what my period says to my clothes and it just says uh, it's just this person screaming oh like whenever they catch like a video that they've made a pr- they've yes, made yes, relevant right yes. right I love that I love that Twitter aesthetic me too. Me too. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's talk about um, Shayton built this body for this, honey. Oh, I forgot about that. Shayton built this body for this, honey. Oh, um, so good because of the I teeth. Mean, <laughs> like talking about Louisiana, but like you know, you're fucking magic, baby, and I'm not going home. I mean, mm. you know, I need to get my breasts ready. Like every, <laughs> I could be filthy. I could be fucking filthy, mofos. Right. I, every every mom moment that we got, uh, every just classic Louise moment. Uh, right. All right, babes, uh, let's get to work. We have a lot yeah. of stuff to do. Yeah. Um, the one that I thought was the funniest because it was while she was in drag or while he was in drag. Um, Lots of butthole, lots of leg, lots of nudity, and a good time with your dad. Oh, right. <laughs> Bring on a dad joke anytime. Totally. Yeah. You are amazing, baby. Ugh. I also just liked when she did that like hereditary tongue click with Millie Shapiro. That like like she did it oh, that right. sort of knowing moment of like, oh, I'm doing this with you. It was yes. it's, there's a way she does it that's very cute. Yes. It uh, uh charming. Charming. Yeah. Um fucking magic, if you will. 
Fucking um, magic. Uh, yeah. Those were all my quotes. Uh, you know, Mary's certainly chime in uh, about some favorite quotes that we certainly probably missed. Um, but do you have yeah. any more? Nope. Those, I think, are all of my quotes. Um, yeah. Any other uh, uh, superlatives you wanted to go to? Uh, I would say, you know, one I wrote down, I mean, we kind of talked about through the quotes some favorite reality TV moments, but I really think it's been Louise's pep talks, Louise's meltdown, mm. and Hollow's pep talk. I just, I think those moments of humanity I love the most. Um, I also took a note of like, you know, we talk about this, like, you know, if you watch the season again, who should you keep your eye on? And mm. I would keep my eye on Dahlia watching this again. Yes. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Certainly got kind of overshadowed by a lot of the reality drama that was going on with Priscilla and Hollow and Eva even. Um, there was, yeah. And then Dahlia certainly came up. Uh, towards the end there but yeah I keep an eye on those looks for sure yeah I think I think on first pass not knowing you kind of miss Dahlia's trajectory to the top yeah agreed agreed I uh I I would be remiss Colin if I didn't ask you the BSA pod expert uh BSA of the season I mean, it's it is hands down Louisiana Purchase. Okay, okay. Hands I was down. I was like, is it gonna be a Hollow Eve or is that just a featured role? It came down to Hollow Eve and Louisiana Purchase. Both of them are are doing amazing, like best supporting work this season. And really, Hollow could take it because there's something about that that is really special. Um, but I think you know what I think this is like. It could go either way, but this is like, like the Oscars when it was down to Allison Janney and I, Tanya and Laurie Metcalf in mm. um, uh, Lady Bird. Louisiana Purchase is the Laurie Metcalf and Hollow is the Allison Janney. So I love that. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. Yeah. That kind of uh, analogy, because one of them is very chaotic, right? Yeah. One of them is, is sort of a quintessential big performance the other one is all nuances and almost unlikely like mm -hmm. there's something right. sort it was of very unlikely yeah it yeah. was unlikely for louisiana to go far and i think we said this when we had our conversation with god but um louise was bringing this different this unexpected type of drag to dragula that was kind of going against the grain of prosthetics and blood gushing out of my tits and all yeah. of you know like uh, the the ripped open crotch like there it, there was a, a there was a different cleaner attention to detail uh than a cleaner uh bitch pudding or a cleaner victoria elizabeth black you know what i mean yeah oh completely there's just there was something very surprising about her staying in the competition so long and and surprising from like i mean i remember when we first you know talked about these queens and i didn't think Louisiana was going to be anything like I yeah. really did not realize because I just thought oh it just looks a little too simple or like it doesn't really fit in with the aesthetic but I think if anything Louisiana extended the aesthetic oh completely yeah it, it, again for to think about an inclusive show to include right. Louisiana Purchase and that type of drag totally valid totally exciting and fun and spooky and scary right all of that yeah, and I loved that the whole season they just fucking loved her and they loved yeah. what she was doing and <laughs> yeah. she was just validated. I think mm -hmm. so much the theme of this season really was validation. 
Yeah, um, that's you know, great, for great Landon, point. for Hollow, even Dahlia looking, you know, all of them were like looking for validation or there was a there was an, a sense of validating their drag, you know, Priscilla all. I mean, maybe this is a running theme of all these drag shows, but I, I just felt that so much with this cast was different um, stories of validation. Yeah, I think if I were to nominate a best uh last credited role it would be the nurse that appeared twice in the opening you love her you love love her featured player a featured emmy yeah i love a featured player absolutely yes Mm -hmm. featured guest emmy absolutely uh and that's who i would give it to uh is is her yeah nurse jackie all right so (laughs) nurse jackie featured guest emmy best supporting actress louisiana purchase and you know Landon, uh, best actor. Yeah. Landon, best actor. Yeah. <laughs> Landon, uh, the father figure of my life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Best picture, Boulay Brothers Dracula, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess the only question I really have that will hopefully be resolved in the final episode is what is the story with the, the opening narrative? Like, how does that all wrap up? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we have to wait till next season. Uh, I do hope they do a final, you know, wrap up because normally we see that you know, extended into the reunion, but uh, we didn't see that. So no, no, the reunion was very meta. We, and we even saw them like, okay, filming in three, two, right, one. Right. Um, so it was very much stepping out of the, the nightmare that they've created in this ooky spooky TV show. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think those are really all of my thoughts. I mean, season three of Dragula obviously is not over, but the bulk of it, the bulk of this carcass has been a lovely journey. I've led this. Is, I mean, a great season, a great season of television. Yeah. A, one that I look forward to every week and enjoyed getting to know these diverse performers, thinking more broadly about drag, thinking about gender, obviously being challenged by hollow and maxi, uh, and, and just thinking about different drag aesthetics. Uh, the Boulay brothers putting out there that, oh, well, remember drag is art, right? Mm-hmm. These are people's own art and it's subjective. And I think that that is so important when we're in this saturated world of RuPaul's Drag Race. And granted, you know, say what you want. If, if Drag Race is too much for you, if there's too much of it, and, you know, lots of tea on the celebrities being added now into Drag Race seasons, donating money to charity. But I, uh, Dragula still exists, right? There's still a Drag Race Thailand um, seasons to watch. So uh, we do have reminders that there is lots of drag going on out there. Yeah. Yeah, and and I kind of feel like we can say what we want about Drag Race, but it opened the doors to drag competition reality shows and drag, you know, drag on TV. Mm-hmm. So um, I think what the Boulets have done is they've taken that open door and they've, you know, decorated the room that they've been given access to in their own way. And, yeah, yeah, put um, slime all over it, right? Exactly, all over its tits. Yes, that's right. Um. <laughs> Uh, and with with that, Mary, yeah. why don't we, why don't we <laughs> wrap up our lovely conversation, our postmortem? And uh, Mary's, if you have any thoughts on the reunion uh, that we kind of, I don't know, we kind of skipped over the reunion just a little bit. Um, mm. Please reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary, um, or find us on the web at uh, tasteofreality.com backslash All Right Dash Mary or www.allrightmary.com. 
Um, you can also email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Johnny Alto. And you can get more of me on my podcasts, either In the Details, a celebration of nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, a celebration of Best Supporting Actresses with Nick Kachanov. You can also get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you can get more of both of us, including all of the All Right Scary episodes we've been doing this month at patreon.com backslash All Right Mary. Yeah, we got the Baba Duke coming out next week to celebrate Halloween. And uh, then we'll, you know, continue on. I know we talked about mermaids and oh, yes. strangers with candy. And yeah, there's just uh, some fun things coming for November. Wasn't there, what was the movie we talked about last week? It was a November movie. Like, oh, that'd be yeah. a great November movie. We have to, I have to re-listen to the episode. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we recorded so many episodes. I know. Week. It's been so um, busy. Yeah. I wonder, Mary's, maybe you heard it. What was our November episode? Uh, if you're a Matreon, maybe you heard it. Uh, I, I feel like it might have been Mermaids. Um, but yeah, I'm like, what else would we have talked about? But, uh, you know, it, it, we will, of course, figure it out and we will we will record it. <laughs> Well, we have a last chance lip sync. Uh, I think this one's kind of appropriate just in terms of reality TV, just in terms of kind of how you how you treat others uh, and the kindness that this reunion was pushing um, and certainly Landon's energy. But this song is called Bad Karma by Ida Maria. And uh, I hope y'all enjoy it. Man. See ya. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.